What's up, everyone? Welcome back to Storytime with Uncle Reddit. My name's John, and this is r slash malicious compliance. Just noticed while I was introing this that uh got my part of my flannel collection back here, so I've been kind of lazy the last two days with my laundry. I need to take those all and hang them up, but eh, maybe later. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Want me to punch in on the work clock? Fine. Now deal with overtime pay. First, I'd like to apologize for any grammar mistakes as I'm not a native English speaker. Also, as there is a lot of things I need to mention to put into context, this might be a little longer than usual. So bear with me for a while. If not, TLDR at the bottom. Yeah, we don't read those. I, 31 male, started working for my uncle two years ago. He has a company with some business partners of his. My work is now being directly under him learning every perk of running the business and also being a personal assistant to him. We settled on a contract in which I'd receive a fixed monthly amount with a bonus of an additional salary by the end of every year, and while I had no overtime pay, I had total control of my work schedule. And by total, I mean total, where I could come to the job just three days a week as long as I delivered results. My uncle knew my work ethic, so it was kind of a win for him, since when he needed, I'd work 60 to 65 hours a week, if needed to. Also, I could work during a holiday. We have around 10 to 12 festivities days that are non-working days. If I were to put into an American perspective, it's just as if we had over 10 July 4th holidays during the year. Also, I was available on call nearly 24-7 if anyone needed anything from me related to work. Work was running great until September last year when my uncle took a couple days to travel to another state to meet new clients and one of his associates, let's call him Gordon, took his role in the company for some of those days to support some of his roles. Due to having worked a 14-hour shift the day before the travel, and also having two 12-hour shifts the week before, I was dead tired. And since we had little to no work piled up, I took an early leave the first day he was there and arrived way after lunch the day after, then started working normally from the third day until he came back a week later. He was furious at my attitude, berating my uncle for even contracting me in the first place, since I don't even work full regular hours and demand among other business partners, the company has in total six owners including my uncle, that I at least punch in my working hours, and if I don't meet the quota, those will be deducted from my monthly payment. There's a ton of labor laws where I live. Employees have a certain amount of hours required to work each month. Every hour short of that is deducted from the monthly payment, and every hour beyond is paid as overtime. Other partners backed up Gordon's claim, stating that I needed more supervision on what I was doing, which my uncle was forced to comply with. His only remark was, since we're doing by law, it means that we also will pay him overtime according to the law, right? They all agreed, and from October forward, I would start punching my hours on the job every day. Cue the malicious compliance. That was exactly what I did. Gordon was expecting a decrease on my pay due to being in the company at my least busy week since I arrived, when in fact I usually pull a crap load of overtime. Also, if they needed to call me after I left, they have to punch in the hours from the moment I left until I finish the call resulting in free overtime pay. One more thing. By the law, the rate of overtime pay increases the more overtime is done in the month. It's a really weird formula, but to simplify, my average overtime hour pays one-third higher than the average overtime hours of other employees that have the same monthly salary as me. 
My monthly income is now 30% higher due to the overtime I started receiving, and in a busy month, that could get even close to 50% higher, even though I'm actually working a little less than before. And Gordon can't go back in the same situation as before, since my uncle made sure that once I started punching my hours, there was no going back, and all partners approved. Gordon doesn't sound too bright. I understand on the surface what it may look like, but a smart man would stop and ask questions. He'd ask you questions. He'd ask your uncle questions. They would try to figure out why you're doing that. Is it for the reason that they think it is, that they're assuming it is, or is it something else? Uh, yep. Bit him in the butt in the long run, though, didn't it? Hmm. I'm not allowed to carry materials or tools through the front door? Let me start off by saying I work in commercial construction. That is to say, I build offices and the like. Not the buildings themselves, but the office space within said buildings. There are certain groups of people that I have to face on the start of each job. The front desk security teams, the building operations manager, and the like. Typically, any materials need to be brought in through the building's loading dock and moved into their freight elevator. That's fine. Things can be a little different if working on the ground floor, but usually all materials come in through the loading dock. One job recently was only 20 feet from the entry door leading into the construction site. We did not try to buck the system. I placed and still brought all our materials through the loading dock. We even took the opportunity to bring the majority of our needed tools along with the vacuum and brooms and anything else we could think of. After parking, I brought my lunch bag and tool belt, no drills, over my shoulder, in through the entry door. Then the magic happened. The security guard was there and told me to walk around the building because I knew better than to bring tools through the entry door. Me. Is my tool belt the issue? Security guard. Yes. Me. So I can't carry it to 20 feet? Security guard. Correct. Me. So as long as I don't carry it, I can come this way? Security guard. Yep, three for three. So I make sure its contents are all securely in place, place it on the floor, and drag it to 20 feet, and then pick it up. Me. Have a great day. Security guard was hopping mad. Edit. Fallout. Some have been asking me about the fallout, if there was any or not. As far as fallout goes, the security guard always went out of his way to make sure he was there at the entry door to make sure nothing larger than a tool pouch was permitted. His direct supervisor approved that tool pouches and any tool bag that could be carried by one hand, but no more than one bag per person, could be brought in as long as everything was secure with no chance of damaging the glass doors. The reason I found out for the loading dock only rule was that during the course of the life of the building, to that point, Seven glass doors had been broken and replaced by material deliveries or tenant deliveries. So on a whole, I do agree with this rule. But as others have pointed out, common sense should have been able to play a part in this. On a side note, the leasing agent thought it was hilarious when he heard about it. Well, y'all asked where the cat was. Here's one of them. Nicole. He's really not being affectionate at the moment. He's sucking up because he wants his chair back. When I'm not here doing this. Hey, hey, hey. You don't climb up there. No. When I'm not sitting here doing these videos, this is his chair. Um, so I'm kind of cramping his style right now. He's It's past his bedtime and he's cranky. Right, Nico? Yep. Glare at me. Okay. Anyway, I've worked on plenty of buildings outfitting uh, office spaces within the main structure. You know, Somebody will take over the lease on a certain floor of a building and then they'll outfit it to suit their needs. Office spaces, bathrooms... Uh, network closets, whatever. You get your basic shell done and then you get your infrastructure done and then whatever decorative crap. I get it. It's easy to tear up a building. Uh, we used to have that problem with remodeling JCPenney's. Uh, most JCPenney stores <laughs> back in the 90s were remodeled while the store was operational during the day. 
we weren't allowed to bring anything through the front entrance and I wouldn't want to anyway because of those, you know, because of customers, merchandise, glass doors. So the loading dock it was. Problem is some of the stores were smaller and their loading docks sucked. But as per the rules, that's where we had to do all our cutting and everything else. So, uh, yeah. Of course, they didn't say anything when I'd load big, you know, sections of slat wall on a drywall cart and towed them all the way through the store to the section that we were working on, but whatever. Friday's my last day, if you insist. Hi, all. This is one of my first ever posts on Reddit, so thanks for bearing with me. A little background. I work in the film and TV industry. At the time of this story, I was working an entry-level position called Production Assistant, PA for short, on a failing TV show. My duties included office upkeep, stocking the kitchen, research for coworkers, various paperwork, picking up supplies from vendors, and picking up lunch for everyone in the department, among a long list of other tasks. Now, I really liked my immediate boss, coordinator number one. The two of us had a system to keep the office running, and we're starting to become friends. The problem? Our department head was a sexist and racist ass. At the height of the Me Too movement, I might add. After one too many demeaning darlings, winks, sneaking his girlfriend into the office and flipping through the tinder on company time, coordinator number one reported him to the higher-ups. But in typical Hollywood fashion, they gave him a gentle slap on the wrist and sent him back to the department. So coordinator number one left the show in disgust. Enter coordinator number two. I knew number two and I wouldn't get along immediately. She had been fired from her previous TV show for attitude problems. On her first day, she chewed me out for, I shit you not, hanging the actor photos 11 inches too low on the wall. It only got worse from there. This woman sucked up to the creepy department head, found faults with everyone around her, and loved power trips. She quickly made herself a nuisance to everyone in the department, but creepy department head was too busy with Tinder to do anything about it. Between her constant berating, threatening me like I was stupid, and unprofessional rudeness, she made my life a living hell. The final straw came when she screamed at me in front of the entire department for a small mistake. I almost packed my bag and walked out right there. In hindsight, I should have, but she told me I'd be replaced at the end of the month, so I thought I'd hang in there and collect a paycheck while I could. From then on, I counted down the days and made no attempt to hide my misery. The thing is, the TV show had barely started filming and we were already severely behind schedule. The poor construction department was building sets 24-7, and the first episode was supposed to air in the next few weeks. For everyone in our department, this meant extremely long hours and working six days a week. Not my problem. I was leaving soon. Number two reminded me on the last week, Friday's your last day. It ended up being a hell of a week. More long hours and running behind schedule. The department would need to work another Saturday. Well, Friday came and I gleefully counted down the hours. At the end of the day, number two realized her mistake. She hustled over to me on my way out the door. Can you work Saturday? Cue malicious compliance. Nope. You said Friday is my last day. That's when she got huffy. I'm trying to get you some extra money. Giving up one day of my measly PA paycheck was well worth a look on her face when I said, No thanks, Friday's my last day. Bye. And walked out to happily never see her again. I took a job on a much better TV show a few weeks later with the nicest crew. To this day I've worked on lots of other shows. And I always warn my coworkers not to ever work with her. Turns out she has quite the bad reputation around town, even without my help. The fallout after I left. Now that there was no PA working Saturday, number two had no choice but to do both her job and mine. Years later, I'm now a coordinator, and I can tell you it's a job that keeps you busy. There's no way I'd be able to get anything done without the help of my amazing PAs. 
so it gives me extreme satisfaction to know she had to get off her high horse, halt her very important emails, and go get everyone lunch and snackies until my replacement was found. Another one who thinks way, way too much of herself uh, and thinks she's really much smarter than she actually is. Unfortunately, management's full of that, you know? The dumb ones are the suck-ups, and the downright nastiest, most miserable people ever are the ones that get promoted up through the ranks. I don't know, it's just some rule of the universe. I can't choose which taxi company to use? Okay, I won't. Many years ago, I used to work for a company where overtime was really common. If we worked past a set amount of hours to a certain time at night, the company would pay for a taxi to take us home. I was happy with this arrangement and would do quite a lot of overtime and was really productive. I didn't like the people the company wanted us to use for taxis. They had on several occasions forgotten to pick me up and standing there waiting for them late at night in the city. I and several of my colleagues started using an alternate taxi company, which I was happy with. The company I worked for told us we had to use their preferred company, even though they cost the exact same. I told my management I would prefer to use my preferred company as there was no additional cost and they were more reliable. I would even prefer to hail a taxi as they were common in that area. I was told to use only their preferred company or I wouldn't be able to use one at all. I did what they asked. I stopped using any taxis. I also stopped doing any overtime. My normal performance was the same, but the amount I would do in overtime made quite a big difference to our backlog of work. It took only two or three weeks for them to change their tune and allow me to go back to using who I preferred as they really needed me doing that overtime. The only reason I can figure that they were so adamant about you using their preferred taxi company is because they were getting kickbacks. That's the only thing that makes sense. Like, otherwise, why? What does it matter? If they cost exactly the same and they're doing reimbursements or whatever, yeah, that tells me somebody in the food chain was getting kickbacks from the taxi company to be able to kind of get a guaranteed steady uh, stream of riders. Mine went totally blank. Imagine that. Comply with Bridezilla or leave? Okay. My friend, Gemma, tells me about how she and an entire group of bridesmaids left the wedding after their friend dared them to. <laughs> so this all happened a few weeks ago. A longtime friend of Gemma's group was getting married in another state. But the day of the wedding, she suddenly had a problem with one girl who wore glasses, which she didn't have an issue with beforehand. The glasses girl told her she wouldn't wear them during the vows and pictures, but the bridezilla didn't want her wearing them at all and was screaming at her to not put them on for the rest of the day. Obviously, she couldn't do that since she needs to see. The argument got more heated until Bridezilla gave her the ultimatum to take them off and keep them off or leave. This is when Gemma and the other bridesmaids stepped in, told Bridezilla she was out of line, and that they would all leave if she forced the girl with glasses to leave. Bridezilla called their bluff and, being maids of honor, the bridesmaids left the wedding and decided to celebrate and eat at a restaurant before they head back home. Bridezilla called them several times after they left, telling them that she didn't care about the glasses anymore and begged them to come back to the venue. But they not only refused, but also chose to end the friendship with her altogether. Gemma said that the wedding proceeded as follows, just minus the bridesmaid and a few awkward stares because everyone heard the bridezilla screaming from earlier. Gemma told me that the bridezilla has always been like this, throwing a tantrum when she doesn't get her way, and that the meltdown at the wedding was just the last straw for them. Personally, I think she's got a monk's patience if she put up with her for that long. Yeah, I wouldn't put up with anybody with that kind of attitude for that long. Narcissists can all kiss my ass. It's funny, it's not just brides, bridezillas. I've seen grooms act that way. People throwing a birthday party, people throwing a New Year's party, any kind of like gathering where they have this certain like utopian vision in their head of how this thing's supposed to look and function. And uh, yeah, I got life's too short for that crap, man. 
just if you can't have some fun and enjoy the time with your friends and family, which is what that celebration's for, it's to celebrate your wedding with your friends and family. Oh, look, Nickel found another chair. You've been listening to Storytime with Uncle Reddit. If you enjoy this content, be sure to follow my podcast. I upload new episodes at least three times a week.